Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, I hope, and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. My intro this evening sounded a little wobbly, so if anybody is out there listening early on, uh, give me a shout out on Facebook if you can, uh, Violet Rose, Violet Rose Reiki, and just reassure me, please, that this broadcast is going off with that hitch, because we are in the middle of Mercury retrograde, and I take nothing, repeat nothing for granted. Um, I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network for giving me this wonderful opportunity to bring this show to the public every week. We're here every Thursday evening, and where we talk about Reiki and all things surrounding Reiki, healing, Reiki's discovery and its roots. Um, all things that are relative to Mikao Sui, the founder of Reiki, uh, all the things that Sensei Sui was interested in, which are many, because he is very, he was like a cat, very curious, wanted to know all about everything, and um, very into martial arts, philosophy, religion. He himself was a Tendai Buddhist and he was interested in all kinds of religions. And he also is interested in healing and health. And the question a lot of us have, and many have had through the through the years, centuries, what is the meaning of life? So um, this is where he was, and this is what led him to also find Reiki. And uh, thank goodness, because then he had brought it to Dr. Hayashi, and then Dr. Hayashi passed it down through Mr. Takata, which is where um, we all... uh, have gotten it from because Mrs. Takata was the one who brought Reiki to the United States. And then most of us who are Reiki masters here in the United States are some way through our teachers, um, descendants of the 22 Reiki masters who were made by Mrs. Takata. Uh, Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the causes of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. 
Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal, and spiritual development. If you'd like to call in this evening, the number here in the studio is 347-677-0699. For more information on Reiki, you can, pardon me, you can, oh, excuse me, you can visit my website, which is www.violetrosereiki.com. And you can also email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. And you can find me on Facebook as Violet Rose or Violet Rose Reiki. I'm also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, any social network you can find me. And on Facebook, I have a page which is called Reiki Board. Reiki Board was formed four years ago to provide distance healing for free globally for humans and animals. Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And we also place requests on our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy and healing work. So if you have a request, whether it's for yourself, a relative, a friend, um, human, animal, either or, We do it all. So send us a request. And the best way to do that is to post on Reiki Ward. Just type in the search bar when you're in Facebook, Reiki Ward or Reiki Ward page, and it will come up. And just post your um, request there. And then we'll pick it up from there. Not a problem. We try and get on to the request as quickly as possible. And hopefully uh, we get them and you know put them up right away sometimes if they're too late or they're late at night uh, we get it the next morning so don't think that we've left you hanging out and we haven't you know we've forgotten you we haven't we'll get to it eventually Um, so without further ado I would like to get to my guest this evening I'm so happy she's with us it's Dr. Carla and Dr. Carla has a Facebook page also called Doctors with Reiki. And she is the founder of Doctors with Reiki, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the joining of energetic healing with traditional medicine. And she's going to be with us in a moment. She is a medical doctor who works in a hospital. She does anesthesia, and she's also a Reiki practitioner. So we'll let her talk to us about how she does this. This is just wonderful. And um, one more thing before I bring on Dr. Carla, I want to announce that Saturday, September 26th, that will be Violet Reiki Radio's second year anniversary. It's going to be two years that I'm broadcasting Violet Reiki Radio. I've had many wonderful guests on and um, if you are new to Violet Reiki Radio, you just tuned in and you haven't heard of us or haven't discovered us prior to this evening, we are on Log Talk Radio under the Seika Network, and the show's name is Violet Reiki Radio. Also, we are on iTunes, again, under the Seika Network, and just look under that network for Violet Reiki Radio. Those are all of our archived shows, and we've had many great guests on. And uh, just take a look in whatever one you're interested in and you'd like to listen to that you were not available for the live version. Just take a listen and uh, we'd uh, love to have you listen to the archives. Okay, so enough talk. Dr. Carla, good evening. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you, and I appreciate your agreeing to be on tonight. I'm having a, I'm having a little bit of a brain curve here. They switched the blog talk radio, and I'm looking at the chat room in a different way, and I'm looking at this going, but what is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
Mercury retrograde. outside of Reiki circles. Now it's pretty widely known. Yes, it's great. And um, lately, well, I, I don't know if you know, I had uh, Dr. Sheldon Mark Selvin from Columbia Presbyterian on the show. He's the chief of uh, breast surgery over there. He's mm-hmm. a very big proponent of Reiki, which makes me really happy. And I think it makes all of us Reiki practitioners really happy. Me too. And then Raven Keys, who works with Dr. Feldman over there at Columbia, she has started something called Medical Reiki Master Training, which she is now training people to work in the OR environment, which you know and I know is not your average everyday environment that anybody off the street, Reiki practitioner, <laughs> though you may no. be. No, you have to be invited there for sure. And then the trick is to be invited back. Right. And and through the whole class, I was certified in August, through the whole class, Raven kept saying, you don't want to get in the way of the anesthesiologist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And um, so now what I want to know is, how how did all of this come to be for you? When did you decide you wanted to be a doctor and, and that healing was your your forte? And when did you decide you wanted to get into Reiki? Well, I wanted to be a doctor ever since I was four. Cool. And I also wanted to use plants in my healing. I didn't understand at the time how the two could go together, but they were very strong desires for me. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a doctor, which was unusual because in the early 60s and 70s, um, most women were encouraged to go into nursing. But I had a very strong desire to be a doctor from an early age. And I pursued that by reading materials and taking care of the family first aid kit and having an interest in medicine my whole life. I wasn't able to go straight from undergraduate school to medical school because I did not have parental support um, financially. So I majored in engineering and I supported myself for five years and then I reapplied to medical school and I paid my way through. Um, Somewhere along in my medical school training, I started having... Um, experiences which I'd had my whole life off and on but but for example when a patient had passed over I could see them outside their body and I could communicate with them and um, when I was in medical school I learned how to help lost souls cross over to the light and it was something I did quietly on myself um, in meditation and um, it all came to a crisis for me in 2009 when I felt like I was at a spiritual standstill. I wasn't getting much out of my church life because I was Catholic at the time. And I went to a medium and I just said, why did God make me this way? I don't understand. And he saw that I was actually getting information from source that was the same as him. And so he guided me to his teacher Anne Reese, who is was at the Learning Light Center at the time. Now she's at Impart. And um, she, after going through a few sessions with her, she strongly recommended Reiki. And um, I felt like the ugly duggling that found my swans. And I continued the Reiki training all the way through to Karuna Reiki Master with Anne. Amazing. I can't believe... A Catholic priest guided you in this. Oh, no, That's it was fantastic. a medium. It wasn't oh, a Catholic a priest. 
No, oh, psychic medium, Tim Braun. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, not Catholic. No, I, I actually, you know, <laughs> I have to tell you, though, because I have had messages from Blessed Mother since 1992, and mm-hmm. I did go to this priest at on campus at my medical school, and he told me I, I was, like, with the devil. And that was really scary uh-huh. because if you read Fatima and if you read... Lords, they always had like their confessor, you know, people who could see Our Lady. And um, I never had any support like that of the kind. But Tim was very helpful and he helped get me on the road to where I am today. I'm very grateful for him. That's amazing. Because, yeah, I remember when I was a child, I. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was psychic, and all of his children were. And through my mother, I am. And my father's side of the family, my paternal grandfather, was a healer. And when I was a child, I would tell my friends, you know, I hear voices and I see auras, and they're like, you better stop that. They're going to lock you away in the crazy house and throw away the key. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so, you know, and... Now that I think about it, I had an aunt, she was a deaf aunt, and she was in the hospital for schizophrenia, and they did shock treatment and everything on her, and knowing what my aunt went through, I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me, so I just shut everything down. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. I most definitely did. (laughs) Yeah, and then now, I brought it back up again. Because now it's okay. I wish it was okay 45 years ago or so, but <laughs> we lost a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, now, thank God, it's it's uh, accepted. Because it reminds you a lot of the witch hunts, you know, all those witches. They, they're with the devil. And, you know, the original, quote, quote, witch, those women were the healers. They were the midwives. They were, you know, like, they were not with the devil. They knew how to, you know, save life and help and heal. But propaganda and gossip and untruths and probably and political things going on yeah. and fear, you throw that into the soup and that's what you've got. <laughs> but now we're doing much better. And um, it's just great. So, you know, Dr. Feldman had said that when he when when Raven's in the operating room with him, he can feel the Reiki energy. Yeah. Now, when you're doing the Reiki in the operating room, do the people around you know that you're doing Reiki? Yes and no. Um, okay. What happened at the beginning, nobody knew because I didn't move a muscle that would let people know I was giving right. Reiki. There's that drape that hangs between the surgical field and me, and I might make small hand movements over the patient or touch their head, but people would think I was just checking equipment, and a lot of my Reiki that I did was either making symbols with my eyes or or just, um, you know, doing these very small gestures that didn't really look like Reiki at the time. As you can imagine with anesthesia, you spend a lot of time where things are pretty quiet and you're right there with your patient. And um, what triggered it for me was two things. One of them was that my teacher taught that when we are under anesthesia, our aura is weakened and things can attach or bad things can come in. And so I decided that I would feel as much good inside my patients as I could. That's from the light and healing for them while they were in that vulnerable state. So I would be effectively protecting them from anything that might stick on. The other one was that my teacher emphasized that you have to develop your own Reiki alphabet with your Reiki hands, and you can identify what disease feels like by feeling a lot of people. And then for some people, it feels hot, or for some people, it feels cold. For me, it feels like there's a little dent in it, like the energy goes in a little. So I decided that because my patient on the table had a diagnosis, I could train my hands to figure out 
what felt like what. And then once I hit the Karuna Reiki level, while I would be doing that, I actually have my Karuna Reiki guides who would help me. And um, sometimes when I would be working with the energy of a patient, there would be an attachment on them. And that's where it started to get a little exciting for me because my guides pretty much taught me what to do in those situations. Um, I have a friend and a teacher. Her name is Margaret McCormick, and she's an excellent energy worker, and she teaches divine peace healing, but also by remote um, healing, she can remove attachments that are on your energy body. And so when I first bumped into those, I wasn't sure what to do because I knew that there's certain kind that needs to be removed immediately because they're not the best. And mm-hmm. um, I asked for help from her team, and they joined my team, and they kind of took care of it. And then I went ahead and I later gave the energy exchange. There's a certain fee that Margaret does, so I would give that amount to charity. And then um, there's not a whole lot of those attachments that I picked up on over the years, but there were enough that I learned how to work with my team to safely remove them from my patients. That's great. That is great. And Um, the people who feel my work the most are the recovery room nurses. Really? Oh, yeah. They they fight over my patients because they do really well. They don't throw (laughs) up. They have a lot less pain. And uh, just yesterday I had a special request case from one of the um, recovery room nurses. I did anesthesia for her childbirth, and she, her mom needed anesthesia, and she asked me to do anesthesia for her mom, and her mom did wonderful. Oh, that's great. That is great. Yeah, I have a friend who we were talking about the, um, the Reiki and the anesthesiologist and he said, well, you have to realize, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. He said, anesthesiologists go through hours of boredom and then seconds of terror. So he said, yes. it, it's it's really a difficult, it's a difficult spot to be in. Yeah, so, when uh, I'm in one of those moments of terror and my patient is turning blue and is in serious trouble, my knees start to shake uncontrollably. Oh I'm able to function and I do my job and above the waist nobody would know any difference but my knees literally shake in those moments of terror. Yeah, well, it's got to be terrifying because no one else can help you. You're the one who, you know, one wrong move and good night. So, yeah. Yeah, the last time something like that happened I was doing anesthesia for a like a remote procedure. It was uh, some kind of study that was done elsewhere in the hospital, and they wanted a little sedation. And I got into some trouble, and I called for help. I called the Code Blue team. But it takes a while for them to arrive, and I'm usually able, actually I've always been able, to turn things around so that by the time help arrives, things are better but mm-hmm. I don't like to take a chance. And so when it gets to a certain trigger point, then I, I ask for help to come and help, you know, either in my OR or on the floor with the clove blue team. <laughs> right. And it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. So now you and then are... Can I add a point sure. that's actually very um, humorous but helpful? Yes, Sometimes love instead of giving Reiki to the patient, I give it to the surgeon. <laughs> we yeah, have some that are just they have temper tantrums and they're very unpleasant and very low vibration uh-huh. and I've had cases where the surgeon is screaming at everybody in the room including me and I'm just sending as much Reiki as I can to the surgeon and after several years of this treatment one of my surgeons, he discovered Eckhart Tolle, and then he also uh, got remarried, and then he wrote a book um, on 
It's called Conquering Cancer, and it lists all the alternative medicine as well as the conventional medicine. And he uh-huh. let me write a chapter in his book about Reiki. That is great. Yeah, Reiki works. Yeah. <laughs> I know you see it as well as I do. I mean, you know, they need. there are not enough studies on Reiki. It's almost like they can't prove it. Um, they can't yeah. prove it works, but it does. I mean, how do you get around that? And then a lot of people say, well, you know, um, when you look at it, quantum physics, but they can prove quantum physics. They can basically show you how it works. But I don't know, yeah. would that be proof that quantum physics does work? Well, quantum physics is a specialty all of its own that it requires a lot of math and special equipment like linear colliders and things like that. And um, the area I would like to mention because at first I was annoyed because Reiki practitioners who come into the hospital traditionally are volunteers and they're not re- compensated for their work, and I felt that insurance should reimburse them for their services. But now right. insurance is to a point where it's a little bit out of control. And at yeah. um, one local hospital, every patient who has surgery, they get a drain placed in their bladder, and they send a urine culture to prove that they didn't cause the infection if there's an infection because Medicare won't pay if the patient gets uh, in a bladder infection when a foley is used. And then just today, I was speaking with an orthopedic surgeon. Do you know how many patients he sees in clinic in one day? No idea. Take a guess. 50? 82. Whoa. Do you know how many minutes he gets to spend with each patient? Five? Four minutes. Wow. And he said that if there's a patient who's going to surgery, he needs to do more. He gives them a little bit more time, and he writes things up himself. Other things he just writes on a template that he has in the computer. Mm-hmm. And he says he's always running an hour and a half behind. But the reason okay. they see so many patients is because Medicare reimbursements are so low. And to stay in business, that's what they have to do. And he right. said he can't keep up that pace. He's new, he's fresh out of school, but um, everybody who's really busy, that's that's what they're doing to make the money. And, um, you know, I don't want that kind of insurance people to be having any say in how Reiki is done for patients. I, I think that would be wrong. The insurance people seem to want to have a say in everything that goes on for the little amount that they give for the amount of money that they are paid. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, exactly. Yeah, but I know my friend... It would be nice if there was like a foundation from the hospital or something like that that would pay salary for these people, but not to have to, you know, bill for service. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be different. You know, we got a hard road ahead of us because when I think back, I don't know exactly the year he started this, but William Lee Rand had started Reiki in hospitals and they have a list of the hospitals and um, all of that. But um, it, it, it's quite a few years. One would think that Reiki is a lot or would, would have more of a, foothold in hospitals than it does. And it really, from what I'm saying, it doesn't. It's growing now, but it really doesn't. And I know I have people calling me and asking me if I take insurance for Reiki, and I'd love to, but we're not there yet. Yeah, and then um, one of the big things that I believe in is that healers are healers. And that Reiki is a tool that belongs in the hands of every healer. And I think that just like knowing how to do um, CPR in the hospital, that's a life skill. I think for those interested, Reiki would be an excellent skill to have in the hands of all people that work in the hospital. I think it would make a difference. 
if that was made available to people who are employed by the hospital, as well as to have other people who are Reiki specialists coming in. But I've trained, uh, I think, three surgical technicians and about four nurses in my OR. And um, they all they all are Reiki one. And, um, you know, they're interested in it, but they're still a little nervous about it. They're not sure, you know, if they want to go on to Reiki two or not. But we have Reiki in our OR. I think it makes a difference. Oh yeah, I would I would say it makes a, a huge difference, and the more they see it, the more I think it'll be accepted. I know Dr. Feldman wants to do some kind of study on Reiki, and uh, years ago, and we had a conference here in New York back in 2012. Uh, years ago, I had put her information on my website. Her name is Gloria Gronowitz, and. Um, She's a PhD, and she did a study. Um, there was results of a three-year study that she conducted that suggested that test tube cells grew better when Reiki practitioners passed their hands over the containers. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a New Haven independent study. And even with that, and like she had said at the conference, not enough money to do the studies that we need to prove that Reiki really does help. But, yeah, Ma- um, Margaret did a similar study like that with her great-granddaughter who was working in Europe in a microbiology lab. Uh-huh. And there, they had Margaret send Reiki to certain agar plates. And uh-huh. you could see the difference with what Margaret did from California to Europe just by sending Reiki. Yeah, and I don't want to sound simplistic or ignorant, but I can tell from the uh, results that we're having on Reiki Ward, how many times, I haven't really done a uh, an outline of, you know, how many times we've gotten positive results, people have put in requests, and then all of a sudden the person will write us back and say, thank you so much. The, whatever the issue was, it's over, they're healed, they're better. And um, to me, just ballparking it from what I see day to day, I'd say we've got over on Reiki Ward, we've got about an 85% success rate. I think that's amazing. We have several miracles on our team, doctors with Reiki. That's where we have people post requests and our our group gives the Reiki to them. And we've had people with a hip uh, replacement heal like a week or two ahead of schedule. And they had, I think, three more weeks of physical therapy that they needed to do that they didn't need anymore, so they just canceled. Um, Many things like that. And Myself, if you can tell, my voice isn't normally like this. I had a pretty bad um, bronchitis recently. Uh My healer sent me Reiki, and I've had chronic allergy and sinus problems for years. And I have asthma. And um, I healed over this one. Like, I took antibiotics, but I didn't take any antibiotics. It was just Reiki. And a little albuterol nebulizer, but... Yeah, I did much better than I normally do. I'm usually sick for six weeks whenever I get a cold, and I'm on two rounds of antibiotics because of the asthma. And this has been just less than a week. I'm better. That's good. I had the allergy attack from hell yesterday. (laughs) Oh, it was wicked. It was really, really bad. And I just started to give myself Reiki and... Took an allergy pill, and thank God, in about, I, as a matter of fact, I had to push a client back. In about two hours, I was okay. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, when she arrived, she's like, oh, you don't look good. I said, yeah, but the important <laughs> thing is I feel good. <laughs> and the oh. only reason why, why I had her come later was because, you know, all the allergy symptoms are pretty much gone and deflated, but I couldn't stop sneezing. And I'm like, I cannot give this person Reiki and be sneezing all over them. It's just not going to work. But, um, <laughs> so by the time she got here, when we made the appointment, like I think it was an hour and a half later than her 
scheduled appointment, the sneezing was over with. But, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. You said something. Um, I know a lot of people, when you mention Reiki, they say, oh, yeah, that's that hands-on healing. And I like to remind people of the fact, and you said something before, which sparked my memory, um, you will draw symbols with your eyes. And yeah. also, I've drawn symbols with my breath. Because people don't realize yes. that Reiki also can be sent from the eyes and from the breath. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's very true. Um, and when you're in a certain situation, um, sometimes just a touch can do it, too. I feel right. it slow when I touch a patient sometimes. If they're really agitated or upset, my hand will be right there on their shoulder, and I, I can watch them calm down. Yeah, and sometimes it's almost immediately, isn't it? Like, uh-huh. such, and it, it's kind of like salt dissolving in water. It just goes. Uh-huh. It does. It just does. Yeah. I love it. So you're out in California, correct? Yes, I am. I live near Los Angeles. Oh, she's got great weather every day. Well, we're having a heat wave right now. My air conditioner's been broke, and I have one of those home warranty companies and it's just uh-huh. the worst. I've been for a month without somebody to fix my air conditioning. Somebody came two weeks ago and they fixed a little part inside and it just broke again two days later. So, uh-huh. um, it's kind of hard when it's really hot, like 100 degrees. So it yeah. looks pretty in the pictures, but it's kind of it's kind of hard. How's the weather over there in New York right now? Is it turning to fall? It's turning to fall, and I love it because fall is my favorite season. Is it? Yes, it's my favorite season, and I'm born in fall. My birthday's in October, so that's my birth month, and I just, oh, when the breeze starts to come and it's about, it doesn't even have to be, you know, cool, really cool, 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 but like, 70 degrees, low humidity, loud little breeze, you know, and, and the leaves <laughs> are getting crispy. I'm a happy camper. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I like making yeah. soup. That's my favorite part about fall. You make a oh, nice big pot of yeah. soup, and it just feels so good in your tummy, you know? And I've learned how to make, this is bad for me because I shouldn't really be eating any kind of carbohydrates. <laughs> it goes to my abdomen, it goes to my hips, my butt, but... um. <laughs> I learned how to make artisan bread and French bread a year or two ago. Oh, how wonderful. To eat alongside these great soup recipes that I've been collecting <laughs> over the years. <laughs> so it's like, ah. Oh. How long yeah, does it take it. to make a nice bread like that? It really doesn't take long at all. You uh, you put together the flour, the yeast, the water, the salt, and let it rise once, which if you put it over a really nice warm uh, place, I put mine right over my boiler. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, it takes about, I'd say, an hour to rise, and then you just punch it down once and let it rise again. So if you've got about, you know, three hours, mm-hmm. it it, um, it works. Wow. So, so it takes a long time, but you don't have to fuss with it very much at all. No, it's just, you know, mix it, put it together, let it sit, it rises, and then you go, you take the the towel off, and you punch it down once, and you put it back, let it rise again, and then after the second rise, what I do is I just unfold it out onto the countertop very gently. I don't do any kind of kneading or strenuous kneading and stuff, and Mm -hmm. I just dust it lightly with flour, put it on the, the, whatever the thing is that you put it in the oven with, Cut three mm-hmm. or four slits on top and let it bake. Very oh, easy. that's wonderful. Yep. Do you need a special starter or anything for it, or does ordinary yeast work? Ordinary yeast works. I'll send you the recipe because two years ago when I started doing this, I had so many people that wanted the recipe. I kept putting these pictures up on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody wanted to know how to make this bread. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you had to liken Reiki to something, I know what I'm hearing this a lot lately. I've been using this description or this this code description for years. When people ask me what it's like, I'll say to them, 
you know, it's kind of like acupuncture without needles. Yeah, I see that one a lot too. Oh, cool! Somebody else said yeah. yeah, I say that too. Oh, I yeah. I find the minute I say that, people look at me and go, "Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like now I know." <laughs> <laughs> And it's a good way, it's a good, quick, candy description that, you know, people can connect with. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's and, true. Uh, yeah. It works on the energy system, same ones. Yeah, and um, I know at, I, I used to do Reiki circles. It seems, I, I really don't understand this, but, you know, I just got to say it like it is. The um, desire for Reiki circles dies down, and I stopped giving them. But people would come to the circle and say, well, I'm not a Reiki practitioner. I said, not a problem, because once we start letting the Reiki flow, and the practitioners are flowing Reiki energy, and you guys are going to, I teach them like the same way that Qigong instructors instruct people when they go for Qigong. You start them with their hands, rubbing their hands together, and you have everybody make a little energy ball. Mm-hmm. And when, when your energy mixes with the Reiki energy, then that whole circuit of energy is going to be Reiki energy. Exactly. So uh, don't worry about it. And, you know, and then those people feel better. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> because people understand Qigong. That's a popular um, exercise, and it's it's spoken about more than Reiki, so people get it. I like to try and make analogies so that people can get it, you know. I and agree. it's not so hard to understand because if you say Reiki and, and people start getting that look on their face like, hmm? <laughs> you know what else I do sometimes? I read that somebody else did this, and I've tried it. It works really well. Instead of explaining it, you just cup your hand and you put it near their hand, and they feel it. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah, they can feel it. And then you're like, that's that's what Reiki is. It's this healing energy. (laughs) It feels nice, huh? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Now, I remember when I first started, they told us, I believe they told us, it had, now I'm like so confused, I just do whatever. Uh, They told us to make sure all of our fingers were touching and to keep our hands in almost like a semi-cupped, um, you know, position. But then mm-hmm. when I took Komio Reiki Kai, which is the Japanese uh, version that I took through my sensei, Hayakusin Inamoto, he told us keep the fingers open. Oh. Now, what do you do? Fingers open or closed? Mine are just relaxed hands. Right. And my hand is, the fingers are open and the palm is cupped when I give it. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. It's a relaxed position. Yeah. Holding the fingers together like that was a little strenuous. And then, you know, and since they said, you know, open, you know, the fingers... Well, because between two fingers, that's an energy field. So the energy is there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And some of my clients, I I touch lightly, and some I don't touch at all. Mm-hmm. It depends. Everything depends. And I, a lot of it is intuition, you know. I feel I should do this. I feel I should do that. Yeah, it's a lot of it is intuition. And, um what do you say when you're in somebody's energy field and you feel an imbalance? What does your line of training teach you to say to the client in a way that's not threatening, but how do you how do you process that situation? Okay, well, sometimes when I've been doing the biosyn scanning, I, I'll feel something. And I'll ask the person, you know, do you have a problem here? Do you ever feel anything? And like, yes or no, depends on what they say. I would say to them, you might want to visit your doctor and just, you know, have a a checkup and and see if everything is okay. You know, just have a doctor check your, your, you know, your physical body. Because Mm -hmm. I'm feeling feeling out of balance energy here. 
That's a real nice uh, way to put it. I like that. That's yeah. very elegant. Yeah. Um, I had you one explain one. your energy body and your physical body. That's the perfect way to do it because I had somebody um, tell me that I had something horrible in me once and it got me really scared, you know, how you practice on each other. But then, like, my sister, once I attuned her, she was feeling my energy and down in my lower abdomen, she felt something. And she was surprised because she was brand new to Reiki. And sure enough, two months later, I had surgery. Mm-hmm. And she picked oh, it up. Oh, that's, I have to tell you, I've had students come hot off their attunement. And I, I'll have them work on one another. And I got to say, a, a couple of them have been phenomenal. Level ones <laughs> right off the attunement, just practicing. And they're just, they're fantastic at Reiki. It's like, this is this person's calling. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't like to say anything to scare the client or anything to um, upset them. I had this one woman that I did tell her that, and she kept saying, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. And between what I got psychically and what I got from Reiki scanning, I'm saying to myself, this woman is not fine. She has got to see a doctor. I don't know what more I can do. Uh Uh-huh. So... You know, in that case, you just say, Jesus, take the wheel, or, you know, I hand it over to you, universe, because I'm trying to hint to this person she's got a problem, which needs a medical doctor, and she's going, (laughs) no, I'm just fine. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, your job is just to deliver the message, to plant the seed. Right, right. We have a caller on the line, and this is Miss Lorinda Weatherall. Okay. Miss mm-hmm. Lorinda. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. Say hello to Dr. Hi. Carla. Yes, hi, Dr. Carla. I do have a question for you. Sure. Um, how do you explain Reiki to other doctors? Um I have had a few ask me what it is and I always start with the um, acupuncture without needles. That's how I say it. And then I look to see if their eyes glaze over or not. And then um, I've had a few, because we have our team doctors with Reiki and we have Reiki requests, I've had a few who have had major health issues that have asked for us to put them on the list. And they've had spectacular results. And I had one, a woman who had breast cancer with a recurrence scare. She actually confided that she used to do very similar energy healing work when she was in her teens before she ever became a doctor. So um, from the people whose eyes glaze over at the thought of Reiki to the people who actually are very open to it and interested in taking a class, I adjust what I tell them depending on what they're receptive to. Gotcha. So when people ask you um, what's the difference between therapeutic touch and Reiki, do you, are you able to give them a response? Well, I tell them that therapeutic touch is something that I know exists and is taught in some nursing training and that it's very similar um, type of hands-on energy healing work, but um, I actually don't. I I have the book, but I didn't finish reading the therapeutic touch, so I can't tell them what that part is, but I can tell them what Reiki is. Cool. Well, thank you for answering my questions. That's all you have? Well, yeah, at the moment. Well, wait, now now I have a question. (laughs) I have a question for Lorinda. Do you think there's a... (laughs) You stepped in it, my buddy, you stepped in it. Uh, do you think there's a difference between therapeutic touch and Reiki? Yes. And what is that? Um, for me, when I see folks who do therapeutic touch, they work off the body only. And I have been told that they work in the auric field and they will sense imbalances between the right and the left sides of the clients. Um, they will receive intuitive messages, but they normally keep those intuitive messages to themselves because they have been taught that that is something that guides them in working with the client that they're working on. Um, and so it, to me, it is a bit different. 
Okay, great. Well, that comes under what I call energy work. And I always say to people, you have to realize that Reiki is energy work. And now, Dr. Carla, I want your input on this. Reiki is energy work, but energy work is not Reiki. Because a lot of times people mix them up. They think if somebody is doing energy work, they're doing Reiki. And I always say no, because Reiki is unique. Reiki is Reiki, and there's nothing like Reiki. And it's not identical to any other type of energy healing. So, I would your agree. input. I would agree. And I have Karuna Reiki and regular Reiki. And depending on which one I'm using, there's a different sensation to the energy that flows through me. So I think what you say about energy work, uh, Reiki is energy healing, but not all energy healing is Reiki is exactly correct. And it's just different bandwidths, I think, of the healing um, spectrum that that goes to the patient and a different technique. But healing is all healing. I, I think it's all good. And, and right. if someone um, tells me they're doing Reiki, even though I know it isn't, I, I encourage them to just, you know, I, that's wonderful. See, you do it too. You know, I... I that's good. Yeah. I have some yeah. people who, on my daily healings that I send out, they say the same back to you. And with Divine Peace Healing, I know there's very few people that have taken the class in that, but they say, I'm sending it back to you. I say, thank you. You know, because it's the heart. It's the intention. It's the important part. Right. Right. Yeah. I just, I know the other day I got into a discussion with someone and I said, you know, oh, it was over all of these photos of naked people under sheets and they're going, Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. And I'm like, yeah, I understand this. If if a Reiki master or a Reiki master teacher sees something like that, I feel it's our responsibility to set it straight. I mean, I've had advertisements on Groupon and uh, Living Social, which are those deal packages, and I've gone back to the representatives and said, you can't put a picture of a naked person on my ad for Reiki because Reiki is done fully clothed, you know. <laughs> and, well, not, you know, not, not if it's there in the OR, obviously, okay, but you don't want to make everyone in the world think that during a Reiki session, the person is naked as if they're having a massage. I but, have to um, make you laugh. I had this patient who was waking up from anesthesia, Mm-hmm. And we were taking him to the recovery room, uh-huh. and right in front of the manager of the OR, he kind of was coming to, and he blurted out, he said, wow, that must have been some party. Look, I woke up naked. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I'm naked. Yeah. It's, yeah. God, it was so cute. Funny. It was precious he would say that. Oh, my God. So we're all of the opinion that Reiki is wonderful. It does work. It helps. Dr. Carl, how long do you think we've got to wait before Reiki is fully integrated into uh, medicine and into the hospitals? And where do you see it going? How long do you think it's going to take before we're, we're mainstream? Well, I think acupuncture is a good benchmark. And when I was little, um, acupuncture was something you could only pay out of pocket. And then by the time I was maybe, you know, 10, 15 years later as an adult, you could get some insurances to cover acupuncture, but not all. And Mm -hmm. now, actually, Kaiser has their own acupuncturist on site and it's not easy to get a referral to acupuncture but that's right. maybe another 15 20 years later so i would say probably another 15 to 20 years it'll be completely seamless in the system if not sooner the thing that yeah. would drive it to go sooner would be to find out that it saves money you need less nausea medicine you need less pain medicine you know it makes people heal faster it shortens hospital times I wouldn't want to put Reiki on the hook for those kind of benefits, but it does provide some of those benefits. And when they get appreciated, I think that will be a driving force for it. Right. And I think, well, maybe it was about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 
uh, massage therapist asked me if I had insurance, and I said yes. I said, why, do you take insurance? And she said, well, no, but you could put this through your insurance company, and they'll give you a discount or something where she could give me a discounted uh, price on the massage mm-hmm. through the insurance company. So I thought that was great. So, yeah, there's hope. We have hope. In, in, um, in Canada, they have medical massage therapy, and it's completely within the mainstream system. That's how they do massage up in Canada. And is it is it covered by insurance? It completely. Oh, great. And it's very well participated in, too. Wow. What do you think is the better terminology, complementary therapist or integrative? You know, I wish that there was another option besides those two. I don't like alternative. I don't really like complementary because it sounds like giving somebody a compliment. And I don't like integrative, although that one's probably the best choice because a lot of people don't like math. And integration and all that other stuff kind of sounds like math. You know what I mean? Right. There, there needs to be a better word. If you pin me down to it, I would say today it will be integrative, but I'm looking for that right word. Yeah, because um, it's very difficult to to actually describe it where do you know because there's the um well no yeah it's just i mean it's uh it's very difficult to actually pin down a good term i prefer the term energy medicine that's the one that i use i'm sorry we just <laughs> Mercury retrograde, I'm sorry. You said, I prefer the term, and then everything went Um, blank. (laughs) I say energy medicine. Energy medicine, yeah. Yeah. That was was Dr. Oz's uh, phrase, right? Oh, you know, I met him once. He's really nice. Yeah, he looks serious. Like, he's very nice. He's a very nice guy. He certainly has done wonders for, for Reiki. Yeah. And his wife is a Reiki master. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know on my my certificate we've got it all. Energy medicine, integrative medicine, complementary, and alternative medicine. So whatever they want to call it. I think that's good to cover your bases at this time. That's the most sensible way to go. Yeah. Whatever they want to call it, term it, say it is, we... um, we uh we've got it covered. And uh the other thing though is when you term it energy medicine, being that we are Reiki practitioners doing this, do you think the term energy medicine implies that a non medical person or a non medical doctor is doing it? Do you think there's a problem there with that? You know, that's an area of a lot of uh the scope of practice is a huge issue in hospitals across the board. Even when I go to put in a shoulder block, our nurses don't want to be the ones injecting the stuff. And I've got one hand on the ultrasound probe. I've got another hand with the needle in position right at the nerve. I need that third pair of hands, but they're worried about overstepping their bounds on the scope of practice. So with your question's excellent. I, I I don't know which way a room full of lawyers would decide on that one. Oh, I should know that. I've worked in law for 42 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I think the lawyer will tell you it will go case by case, situation by situation. Uh, they're great for that. Yeah, there's nothing blanket. And... Um, yeah, the thing that irks me is, you know, Reiki practitioners who say, my patient, and I'll always remind them and say, you don't have patients, you have clients. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're not a doctor. In my mind, the only person who has patients is a doctor or yeah. a chiropractor. Or yeah. 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 
Well, it's um, I envision a future where the Reiki hands can be used kind of like a radiology test to pinpoint imbalances that mm-hmm. that all the team players would know each other's skills and respect them and refer back and forth using the energy healer and the Reiki practitioner as a, a, a contributing factor because I think there's a lot to offer. That's what I would like to see for the patient's highest good is to have all the tools that are available in the team right. using all of them, you know. Right. Well, I'm going to have to run, Dr. Carla. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Oh, thank and you for inviting me again. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Oh, keep up the good so work. I'd, I'd love to come back, and you keep up All the right. good work, too. And happy anniversary you. for your thank radio you. show. It's a huge celebration. Okay. Happy right. to have you here. Have a great weekend. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.